muchachito cagando con su carretón El dichoso Navarrito yendo hacia Malecón Caballero de París, he wanna talk to me Tell me not to be no maricón El caballero de París, he wanna talk to me Tell me not to be no maricón Hey, welcome back to the I Jorge podcast. Apologies uh, for not having posted a new episode in quite some time. I've been doing quite a bit of traveling, been on the road over the last month and a half, two months, three months, I can't remember, but we are back and really excited, um, particularly about this episode. El Caballero de Paris, that you just heard in that song, the song, by the way, that is uh, sponsoring, if you will, this episode, El Dichoso, was a street uh, cult figure in Havana. He would wander the streets of Havana singing songs, spouting poetry, harassing men and women alike, including my grandfather, while wearing what appeared to be like a graduation gown, a funky-ass hat with feathers, and a flower in his mouth that he would give out to select few. And uh, my grandfather would see him all the time, and my grandfather, he told me lots of stories. I lionized the man. He was my veritable father. Um, but he told me that he had to pay off gambling debts. He was about 19 years old. He had been a stenographer in the White House, El Palacio Nacional de Cuba. Um, he was 16. He was, uh, in 1921, he was hired as a stenographer by El Secretario de la Presidencia, a man that he had done some odd jobs for who became the equivalent of the chief of staff. Anyway, he was a stenographer, but he was also a partier and a gambler, and he's young, he's into it for three years. He owed a loan shark a considerable amount of money that he did not have. So he put all his possessions into a cart, un carreton, and he went through the streets of Havana, being, you know, he pulled the cart with a donkey, and he brought everything to the loan shark. And um, the, the loan shark was so impressed by the gesture that he apparently let my grandfather off for freedom from his debt. I don't know what he had to do, but he was impressed. He called him el Navarrito, el Dichoso. Um, uh, but still, el Caballero de Paris gave him a lot of shit, as well as some advice that he later imparted to me. Um, so let the record show that on one hand, my grandfather shared a lot with me that isn't part of the official Cuban record, um, and paints him in less than a favorable light. He was a human who partied and gambled prodigiously. I'll leave it there for now. However, from 1921 until 1959, he worked at the White House. By 1933, during the start of Grau's presidency, he became el secretario de la presidencia himself, the chief of staff. And he was there in that position for seven more uh, presidential administrations right up until Batista fled the country with a wad of cash and absolutely no shame. This episode is brought to you by the song El Dichoso. And so without further ado, here's my mom talking some smack about mi abuelo, Pepe Navarro. Okay, and we're live. Okay. All right, listen. I'm so sorry. I just need to go ahead and get this out of the way. Racaculo. Yeah, yeah, Jorge. Yeah. Ay, ay, finger, ay, ay, finger. Jorge. No. Oh, shit. Okay. That's I'm sorry. totally I... out. Okay, okay. But you, no, did, no. you did say I hold it. You did say Erase that. Okay, I will. I promise. Okay, done. No, erase it It's now. totally erased. It's totally erased. So listen, Mom. Hi. Um, speaking of all of those crudities and stuff, to, today's episode is, is devoted um, to um, Abuelo Pepe. Okay. Eh, Jose Pepe Navarro de Garcia, correct? No, Pepe Navarro de González. González, no de, no de, no González, González, González. González. La mamá no. era González. 
Oh, so the the mother's last name in Spanish goes at the Gonzalez, tail. Gonzalez, yes, Gonzalez. Okay, yeah. so not de Gonzalez, just no. straight up Gonzalez. No, la, the wife uh-huh. era Gonzalez de Navarro. Oh, okay. the wife belongs to the husband. Okay, how very Saudi Arabian. Yes. Oh. And even when the man dies, uh-huh. then she's viuda de, widow of. Oh shit. Such okay. and such. You're always. Okay. Of such and such man. I see. Okay. <laughs> The right. men know. <laughs> so here we are. Let's talk about him. Uh, what did you know of his life in Cuba? Well, I met him. I met him in 1956, 57, on when I met your father. Date? Was it on the my first, first date? date? Yes. When you met my father, but on your first date with my father. I met him and his wife, mm-hmm. Dora. Mm-hmm. I have never met him. I have never heard of did him. He, did he seem nice? Very nice. And yeah. you never heard of him, even though he was the chief of staff yeah, of but, the Batista administration? But he didn't speak in public or anything. Chief of staff of the cabinet. Right, right. No, but he's a, he was a White House official. Del Consejo de Ministros. Yeah, Del Consejo was, de Ministros. No, That's but, the cabinet. Right, I understand. But he was a high-ranking government official. Yes, but not uh, a spokesperson. Never spoke in okay. public. Well, no. It was in his interest to keep things on the DL, if you will, given all of the shady deals um, that he helped broker between Exacto. organized crime families, um, Dole, and any other kind of large American interest. The guy seemed to you have know, his hand in a lot uh, of uh, Dora mm-hmm. used to work for a lawyer. Dora was his second his wife. His second wife, uh-huh. who used to work for a lawyer mm-hmm. at the time that uh, the refugees, the Jewish people were trying to... Give to, me a date, Mom. Approximately what? Well, 39 started the war in Europe. It must have been 1940 or something. Who were these a lot Jewish of, people? Uh, the Jewish that were running away from uh, the war from uh, Hitler. From the Nazis, you mean, right? From the Nazis. So they, There's a famous mm-hmm. story. There's a famous uh, boat mm-hmm. with I don't know how many Jewish Jews on board. Mm-hmm. There's even books written about them. They came first to New York. Mm-hmm. The United States wouldn't let them land or receive them or anything. So Parkers. they kept going down. Mm-hmm. They anchored in the Bay of uh, Havana. Mm-hmm. And this lawyer f- for whom Dora worked, mm-hmm. and of course she had the connection because she was already married to Pepe. Oh, so she had a government, she had an inside, the chief of exactly. fucking staff. Okay, so, so what happened? Of all the Jews in that boat, mm-hmm. only those who were able to pay good money. Of course. Uh-huh. And I don't know how many, but quite a few stayed in Havana mm-hmm. after paying Dora, mm-hmm. Dora's employer, right. his fee. Right. Okay. Those so were allowed, uh, and I guess that Dora went to Abuelo Pepe and they handled that. So whoever paid was did Abuelo Pepe get a cut? Dora would, would be the same thing. No, but did Dora get a cut? Yes, of, of course, of course, of course. So that's kind of weird that they that they did that. Um, no, it's not weird. It's, this this lawyer charged so much, and uh, those who were, but Dora was the in between the connection with the so really quickly, with the palace. So these are not, um, um, and your friend Mauricio, his mother, they she, stayed, they stayed, they stayed. Then, okay, then, so, yeah. so the, but there, but there were Jews in Cuba beforehand, right? Weren't there not synagogues in? Yes, in but there were only very small, a very okay. small colony. So this was really the 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 rise of the the Jubans, Jewish, basically. yes, no, yes. the Jubans who are Jewish Cubans. The Jubans, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Jubans yeah. are are, in, are you know they're intense. They're very very. Uh, very, very, now uh, there's still a folks. few there. There's still a few there and yeah. one synagogue, but they were, mm-hmm. and then they when they came to Miami, mm-hmm. they brought 
you know, the whole community in Miami Beach, and they and, have their own synagogue. And by the way, I meant, you know, Jubin's, I meant intense in a good way, a highly complimentary way, because I just think that from, from an ethnic standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, it's a hell of a combination to be Cuban and Jewish. And Jewish. No, Cuban, because they were, they were brought up there, like right, Mauricio. Right. No, no, no Mauricio, I mean. yeah, Mauricio was born in Cuba. All right, so, so look, so, uh, look, he's got the second wife, He's married, you met him, he's a high-ranking gov government official, totally yes. behind the scenes. But Very powerful, so, I'm sure he well, got well, cuts on every deal, uh, and your father too. Well, Because yeah. that's what happened with Agustin, he helped a lot of people get the contracts to mm -hmm. build. For example, I know he was influential in getting a contract for the pavement of many streets in Havana, one company. and. Uh, my grandfather. Through Pepe, but mm -hmm. Agustin is the one that knew so the people. So basically he was feeding deals to his son. Exactly. In typical, exactly. Um, in typical nepotistic yes, and exactly. political fashion. And poor Agustin thought when he came to Miami that all these people he helped were going to help him. Yeah. Nobody did. All right. Well, let's get back to Abuelo Pepe um, back in Cuba. So you didn't really know much about him because, no. again, he was a power player in Cuba. But it was not um, a very public kind of role. Exactly. He, he had no speeches. Exactly. He, was, he was an appointee. He had been a stenographer when he was 17. That's how he, he started. started working in the Palacio. Yes. And as I revealed in a previous episode, the one about El Capitan, and this one is called um, Abuelo, Abuelo Pepe. I'm not even sure what the hell I'm going to call it. <clears throat> um, he went through all the administrations right. since the... Uh, when the Republic just started, because right. it was 1917, 1918. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, then the, the, it, right? and then uh, Batista gave, uh, then came Machalato, mm -hmm. which was the first revolution. Machado. Machado, Machado, Machalato, they call it, El right. Machalato. What was the first, who were they revolting against? Against Machado. Okay, so there was because a Because Machado against, wanted to keep uh, who was the in first power. president of the Republic after the United States pulled out? Estrada and, Palma, no? Okay. No, he, no, he had a... No, they, it was very peaceful, peaceful until Machado. Okay, so then because Machado, Machado president. Machado uh, did, did, you know, the, the main highway, La Carretera Central, that okay. crosses Cuba. He did a lot oh, of yeah. public work, mm -hmm. but, but he stole like crazy. Okay, he stole from who? Everybody from the Cuban government, his own government. Yeah, from the government. Of so there course. was a, a, a he became a, a, he became a millionaire. They all left being very rich. But I mean, then cause, the cause people people often think of Cuba as like this wonderful, you know, Shangri La, if you will, this beautiful island, you know, with it, it with was, genteel yes. sensibilities and a Spanish influence. But it was a fuck show of corruption. Every single administration yes, yes. from Machado on was a shit show. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so Abuelo Pepe was in there. He was a first-hand witness. He still working. was there. Okay. Yeah. He exactly. There. He went through all that. All right. And then the Machado was in uh, started in 1930, 31. And what happened? Who came after Machado? Oh it? my God! After Machado, every three months yeah. there was there was a triumvirate. Uh -huh. Triumvirato, mm -hmm. there was uh, Laredo Blue. Then, mm -hmm. with Laredo Blue's things, Blue okay. started to stabilize. Right. He mm -hmm. was a very respected individual, mm -hmm. but it was awful. It was well, you awful. know what I was told by both my father and my grandfather himself, Abuelo Pepe, um, was that uh, basically, you know, he had started off as a stenographer, but he was never really a stenographer. He, didn't, he could barely, you know, he, he could, you know, barely write. 
I mean, he, he could read and he could write, but he was not a stenographer. He was a bookie. He was a courier. He was a bagman, if you will. He collected money, and he delivered money to bookies all over the island, Where? all over Havana. That's what Abuelo told me. But, it wasn't just about Loteria. They were gambling. But he on... worked at the palace all this time? Yeah, but he was never a stenographer. It's the title they gave him just to keep him close so that and he would be accessible to them 24-7, taking money back and forth to place That's the first time I hear this. Oh, no, Mom, I told you this yesterday. <laughs> yes, I but I, I didn't know <laughs> that he was while working well, at yeah, the palace. Dude, yeah, he was not. This was not a, le like well, a legit job. he was job. a was, He was installed okay. there by... By uh, by a politician, and I forget who gave him that. Because position. when he when his parents died, mm -hmm. his mother died, he went to live with some cousins, mm -hmm. La Turrutia, right. in Marianao, who finished right. raising him up. Right. Two so, ladies, two single ladies that he adored, La Turrutia. So tell Marianao. me about uh, um, what Agustin told you about the CIA and the report. Oh. So uh, we were going out. We were going out. It mm -hmm. was 1957. Yeah. 57, yeah, because Fidel was in the mountains like two right. years or something. Okay. Right. Yeah. And uh, he told me, oh, my God, what I saw today. I said, what? We were at a at a party of one of right. my friends. And I said, what did you see? He says, well, my father got a report from the CIA with a dossier about who Fidel Castro was, what he had been doing, right. etc. And... Uh, He's a communist, Rita, he's a communist. And I said, what did your father do? He says, no, he put it in plastic and he... He taped it to the bottom He taped it to the bottom of his drawer. Where he also had a gun at the bottom of his drawer. So in his corner office, it was a corner office on the second floor of El Palacio Nacional. Yes. I took pictures of that when I went to Cuba as well. Um, and that's where uh, basically he was asked to help and to stay and help Castro's people navigate the ins and outs of the banking system, specifically yeah, but he, he did it. He did it in three or four months because right. he didn't want, they wanted to stay, but of course he would, they would have ended firing him. But he told them he had him, already, he had, re, he had already filed for his retirement. retirement. Uh -huh. So he says, no, thank you, no, but I will help him what I can. And then you told me that your father, which nobody ever told me, Mom, he told me this. He was sentenced was in jail. 28 years. Yes. No, he was, yeah, he was in jail. He got a 28-year sentence. And Abuelo negotiated that. Well, he, they, he negotiated his safe passage to in the March. United States. He left and in his March. as well. Porque Abuelo Pepe, my, so my grandfather had a very big house in Miami already waiting for him um, when he left Cuba. Yeah, they had two houses. They owned two houses. Not owned. They were paying mortgages. They had, right. they had them rented. Right. Eventually, they lost them both. Right. Why? But How did they why? I don't know. Because there was no income. Right. There was no regular income. So they, they one was rented. Mm -hmm. But if the people moved out or something, they couldn't, you know, keep up with the taxes and everything. So uh, they had two houses, probably from kickbacks that your abuelo or oh, Dora you. got. Okay. No, uh, Dora didn't do shit. It was abuelo. It yeah. Was abuelo. Yeah, because so. Dora had his connection with yeah. the Jewish people, for right. example. So listen, I, I want to say straight up, you know, because if, if one day Joaquin or Elena, my children, they're teenagers now, they're not liable to listen to this anytime soon, but if this somehow um, survives uh, <laughs> and they listen to this, I just want to say straight up that I loved Dora very much. It was my grandfather's abuelo's second wife, and she loved the fuck out of him and helped him quite a bit in life.
um, or so he told me. He would tell me how much yes, Rhoda helped yes. him. What was his first wife like, the mother of my dad? Of your dad, Carmen Peña. Mm -hmm. From what I learned afterwards from your aunt, Irene, because I didn't know about her childhood or anything, mm -hmm. her mother sh died uh, when she was three months old. So her grandmother in Puerto Rico, she was born in Puerto Rico of uh, people from Spanish uh, Canary Islands. Canarias. Canarias, Canarias yeah. Okay. So uh, remember she was blonde with blue eyes, green eyes, right. green, green eyes, eyes. Right, right, yeah, right. green and she eyes. she was something of a hottie, that picture of them. Oh, the yes. Beach, she was, she was, she was, Beautiful. she was kind of smoky. So. She, now it should be said that during her dying days, she looked more and more like a gerbil or a hamster. That's what you say. It's true. <laughs> yeah, because she shrank it's... and her head was very squirrel-like, ardilla. Uh, yeah, but well, I don't even know how to say hamster she has this little... Right. How do you say hamster in Spanish? Hamster? I don't know. Don't say hamster. How do you say gerbil in Spanish? Tampoco. I don't know how you call them in Spanish. All right. Okay. Ardilla is a squirrel. Okay. Okay. So Squirrel face. So, Abuela Carmen... From what I heard from your aunt Irene later on, mm -hmm. she was a very spoiled child. Her you know, grandmother. Do you know where they met? Hmm? Do you know where they met? Where Abuelo and yeah, Carmen where, met? Yeah, where'd they meet? I don't know. Right. I don't know. They were very young when they were married. Uh -huh. He was 20 and mm -hmm. she was 21. She was a year older or a few so months older. He already been working in a palacio as a stenographer. Yes, he was al already working at the palacio. Yeah. And they were very young when they got married. Mm -hmm. And uh, between, uh, Agustin was born in 1925, 23, and Irene was born in 28. So, so he's got two kids by the Popov, Puerto Rican-born yes. wife. She was very spoiled from what they tell me mm -hmm. because they adored her. The, mm -hmm. the uh, grandmother uh -huh. and her sister brought her over to Cuba where they had a brother yeah. who worked at a at a pharmacy, the big, uh, like like the CVS or something, Sarra. Uh -huh. So they all lived together, but that girl was given everything, piano lessons, ballet lessons, uh, etiquette, this and that, mm -hmm. never worked. She was a spoiled brat. So, so how long were they married? They had two kids. How long were they married? Well, when uh, Agustin was born in 23, Irene in 25, Irene was like three years old when they separated. Okay. They separated. They never divorced. From what I, yeah, I was going to say, they didn't divorce for like ever, right? Forever. And he took care of them. She, he sent his money, blah, blah. Finally, he ended up getting a job for, for Abuela Carmen in mm -hmm. the State Department. She worked in the he state. got her a job. Finally, yeah, department. yeah, yeah. So he, well, he's already like he was working his way up in the palace. Yeah, so in he, some ways. So he got he got his ex-wife a job in the U.S. State Department. No, in the State Department in Cuba. The Cuban State Department. The Cuban State Department. Okay, as a so, typist. As a typist. So yeah. he finally got so her that, job. So that that way he had to give her less money. Okay. Okay. So she, okay. <laughs> okay. Of course, a little self-interest. And and never, uh, never hurt anybody. All but right. uh, yeah. Carmen was a spoiled child. So. All right. And uh, he so, had met, he met Dora. Where do you meet Dora? Do you know? I don't know, in Havana, mm -hmm. probably through that lawyer or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dora was divorced. Yeah. She had a daughter and... Uh, Myrna? Myrna, Myrna. Yeah, Myrna was, is Irene's same age or something. Mm -hmm. 
Myrna. Mm -hmm. And uh, they never, they were not married, but when Dora said, okay, we get married, but oh no, I'm not divorced. You know, that's the best uh, solution. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still married, blah, blah, blah. Make it difficult. She says, well, I'm going back to the States. And she came back and remarried Myrna's father. What the hell? She came back to so the So Dora says, uh-uh, I'm not being with you. Because, and then if because we don't get married. If we don't get married. He had still to divorce his first wife. Yeah. He, so she said, fuck that, and went back to the States. To the States okay, and remarried on. her husband. Okay, so wait, wait one second. We're going to take a little break right now. Um, and when we come back, we're going to find out how they were able to hook up again, where it happened, and uh, a little bit more about how little bit of All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, so, she, his wife, the love, the supposed love of his life, Dora, yes. goes back to the United States, remarries <laughs> her ex-husband, the father of her child, yes. of her daughter Myrna. Mm -hmm. Where in the United States? Tampa. Oh, Tampa. Lot because Cubans, Dora, Dora was born in Tampa. Oh shit, mom! You need to drop this. Oh stuff. yes, yes, yes. Dora, uh, Dora was born in Tampa. Yes, Dora's. Uh, when did her family get there? They came here in the Spanish-American War. Oh, so early the days. The tobacco people and right. all those moved right, right, to Tampa. Right. right. And they still have the the, the tobacco in oh, Tampa. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ybor so, City. If anybody's familiar with Tampa, Florida, it's something of a shithole. Thank you, Bob Martinez. Uh, former governor of Florida who stunk up the joint, uh, but in any event, okay, so she was a Tampa Cuban. Yes, she was a Tampa Cuban. Oh, wow. And there, so she goes back to Tampa. Manuela, Manuela married a, another Cuban emigre uh -huh. there in Tampa, and she had a bunch of kids, Manuela. Who's Manuela's Dora's mom? Abuelita, yeah, Abuelita, Abuelita Manuela. You, you must remember her. She was a white... A little tiny thin so lady. She lived. She lived with Abuelo Pepe and Dora until she passed. Oh shit! In Hialeah. I don't remember that. Oh, I do remember her. Actually, I do a little her. lady, uh -huh. white hair. Yeah. She was always in her little room. They yeah, had built yeah. a little room for her in the I house. I remember that. All right. Yeah. All right. So Dora was a Tampa Cuban. Okay. Yes. So, so what the fuck? How, I don't how know did they when. Uh, meet again? Well, when she went to Cuba working for that guy, for that right, lawyer, lawyer, that was right, right, right. So she came back. Agustin was on vacation in Miami one day, and he saw Dora. He was on vacation from Cuba. From Cuba, yeah. Cubans right. came a lot to Miami. Yeah, too. no, of course, of course. And he 
he saw Dora met Dora in the street. He's walking. This is the second time that your ex-husband, my father, meets somebody, somebody in the streets of like Miami. Lola, he meets Lola randomly. Didn't he meet her at a? Who the hell met him at a five and dime at a counter, a diner, one of those five and ten counters? I don't know if it Woolworth, was Dora or Lola. Woolworth. Yeah, I don't know who, who which of them. Well, so whatever. He, says, he, he just, met Dora. He sees her in Miami, and of course, he loved Dora. He, oh, he, he loved Dora, so he started talking to her. Like, Insane. And she had divorced Myrna's father again oh, because shit. she couldn't live with this guy because you have to push him and this and that. All right, so he whatever. Was... So, so then what? It, what and then he Agustin started talking her up about seeing Pepe again, mm -hmm. blah blah blah, to see if she was. And Pepe's back in Cuba. Yeah, Pepe's back in Cuba. So everything that walks, etc. So Agustin goes parts. back to Cuba and says, uh -huh. "Hey, I saw Dora." Blah blah blah. Uh -huh. Oh, you saw Dora. So then. Apparently they talked again, and then Pepe said, "I'll get a divorce." He so Dora said, went down, and that so she, he divorced. He di she, he divorced Carmen after twenty years. Jesus, impressive! Yeah. Wow. Always separated, but in between, before Dora, Irene tells me he had girlfriends twenty years younger than him. Who, Pepe? Yes, yes, it was, and he introduced uh, Irene to all these girlfriends. I wrote a song called Abuelo Mio about him, and there was a line in there, the million women you engraved your initials in with your teeth on their breasts, so I guess they above all would attest that you must have tried everything. Abuelo would tell me about life as like a chest of drawers, un gavetero, un gavetero. and you have to fill it as much as you can, fill each drawer in order, preferably as much as you can, so that you can have a a, a long but a fulfilling life, a full life. And he would tell me that among his many adventures with women, he would um, enjoy engraving his initials with their teeth on their breasts. In other words, he would bite their breasts. Oh my God. And Poor Irene never yeah. heard that. Pardon? For Irene, Irene his, his father, Irene, her. his daughter. Oh, Irene, he, okay, his daughter. He was God. He, he was, was God. a son. She was always resentful of how much predilection Pepe had for Agustin. She right. always felt that she was like the Annie orphan. You orphan know? Annie, little orphan Annie. Little orphan Annie. Who did she, quite well with daddy's... Uh, yeah, daddy, daddy but she always so. felt that Abuelo treated her differently. Everything well, was for Every, Agustin. You know, especially back then, you know, boys and girls were treated entirely differently. Yeah, the, and right. the boy, you know, the Navarro name, blah, blah, blah. Of course, and even my, my own sister will make that claim sometimes, yes, right? Yes. We won't talk about that right no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yes, yes, I know. Colin, by the way, Colin, my, my, my furry... Cat son is sitting on my mother's lap as we speak. I, I'm going to take a picture of it. Um, I should video. But I'm amazed because yeah. he didn't like me. No, I think he just likes your body warmth. Oh, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah. No, he was he was quite the womanizer. Oh and yes. They would have a lot of parties, and along with her. But you know, after uh, political I... favor for Agustin, you know that they would have crazy parties where they would gather incriminating information on political rivals and even friends. Parties involving men, women, animals, and copious, copious you amounts told of me, cocaine don't, don't and alcohol. You told me, don't go into that. It, uh, no, 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 I won't go into it. I'm just simply saying he was a high-ranking governmental official with a lot of mouths to feed, so to speak, and an ability to manipulate and control yes. people, 
yes. and places. Yes. Yes. All right, and deals. So, yes. and part of that involved a lot of womanizing, to a, Irene, lot of, she, a lot of drugging. To Irene, he was like a, right. the only thing, he was a womanizer. And mm -hmm. I'm sure it was much more than that. There were drugs involved oh, and everything. Oh, my God, and, and animals. Horses, Mom. Yes. Horses. Oh, my God. What? Horses. So, don't even mention, but, you know. It's and too people late. I, used, I totally for mentioned. example, he had, <laughs> people get, made, gifted horses to him they had oh, two or three horses in the farm they were oh, all given to him by by houses. politicians and all oh, yeah. that Hell yeah. no oh, they yeah. lived in a rented uh, apartment a beautiful mm -hmm. apartments as irene tells me in malecon i don't know right but, but they had, they had know, the, they farm. Know he had several apartments for his girlfriends did you know oh, that? i didn't know that all no. within walking distance of a palacio yeah, of course. That way he can, <laughs> he could go visit. I didn't That's know that. Right. Yeah, even it after makes he sense. It Dora. makes sense. Even after he married Dora. Oh, even after he married Abuela. I believe so. I believe so. I don't think so because I, Dora I, I would have killed him. Oh no, Dora would have totally like cut him up. But you know, I think even after he met Dora, but Dora was instrumental in easing his transition to the United States and making sure oh, that yes, yes, they yes. let them on their feet. So they had a little store, Pepe's Cards, yes. Pepe's Cards and Pepe's Gifts. Pepe's Cards right? and Gifts. When they, uh, apparently, maybe they sold one of the houses, were able to sell one yeah. or something, and they put this little store, Pepe, Pepe Cards and Gifts in Hialeah. And, it was in a and she, worked, she worked, she worked a lot. Stuff, he, yeah. he just took care of uh, selling and all that, but she, mm -hmm. she kept all the the records sometimes i help her mm -hmm. with uh, putting the the filing in order and th mm -hmm. things like that so it was a little gift store it was cool um there were some baubles not not expensive stuff there were cards and gifts for the home and i remember he had a display case when i was little i mm -hmm. went one saturday morning he had a display case that if you hit a little button on the side it would revolve right mm -hmm. and it had jewelry um, again, nothing too expensive, and it was a glass display case, and he took a break. I'm going to tell you guys this. Really, this is for my kids because it's among it – was, it was actually one of the first really stupid things that I had done in my life. And um, I've done a gazillion stupid things since we then. Know, but we this, know. This, this, this was one of them. Did I ever tell you a story where um, somebody walked in, he went into the back of the store, and it wasn't a, a, a giant store, but it had one, two, it had about three aisles, three aisles deep, and there was a back section where they had a wedding planning section where they would do all of your matchbooks, your wedding invitations. Oh, yes, they printed. They, they had the machine there. They yeah. had a machine back there. They would consult with you. They'd get it just right with you, and they, they would handle those things. Uh, they would embroider napkins. They would print napkins, embroider cloth napkins for you. They had wedding veils. I think you could even order a wedding dress through them. So they had this, like, bridal thing going on in the back of the store. But when you walked in, there was a glass container, uh, a glass display unit, and again, I would just love to hit the little buttons and watch and the see. shelves revolve, right? uh -huh. kind of like a Ferris wheel yes. with jewelry and shit on these little shelves that revolved. Again, very like a little mini Ferris wheel, and I would pretend that's, that's what it was. In the back, in a drawer, he had a 32 caliber revolver. It was a big fucking gun. For me, I was little. Everything is big when you're little. And um, I remember he went into the back of the store. He left me alone. He said he'd be right back. Somebody walked in, and I remember they had a little bell that would ring. Yes, when the old door ding, opened. Ding, you know, and I look up, and a man and a wife, older, everybody was older. I was, I was maybe five or six, mm -hmm. and uh, they came in. They came in just as I had pulled the gun out of the drawer, 
and I put I put the gun. They saw this, right? I didn't know that they had seen me, and I don't know what the hell I was thinking. But I took the gun out of the drawer. I didn't aim it. I just held it, right? I didn't put my finger through the hole no. of the trigger. Yeah. No Alec Baldwin bullshit or anything like that. And there were no blanks, by the way. And God bless that man. Anyway, I put the gun on the counter. And I remember hit the glass a lot harder than I anticipated because it was very heavy. And it went bang and it, and it clanked. And they, they were shocked. And I looked at them and I asked them straight up, do you want to buy something? <laughs> And then my grandfather came out. He was livid. He apologized to them. He couldn't believe I did that. And then, you know, he didn't smack me. But, man, when those people left the store, he fucking laid into me. And nobody I mean, ever told me that. Yeah, man. What are we going to say? Your son handled a thirty-two caliber revolver and chased people away and almost killed them. And you asked him if you want to buy anyway, something. A lot of stupid shit, but I love that fucking man. I love that man. <laughs> he was my surrogate father. Yes, yes, he was. He was after, and then we moved to Hialeah mm -hmm. when uh, Patty turned two mm -hmm. the day we moved. Yeah. And you were born in that house, and it was like five blocks away from their house. Yeah. So if anything went wrong, my mother called Abuelo, and That's Abuelo right. came. That's right. And solve things. Yeah. When, uh, when I hit my sister, when we were in a fight, he came to cut my balls off. Um, I'll play that song, Cojones, right now. <laughs> but yeah. So I remember. So he, he was the father figure. He was totally a father figure. For years, so forever. I remember when his first wife died, when the squirrel passed. Um, and uh, they buried her in like this mausoleum kind of thing, yeah, uh, a wall, top. and they used a crane. And as the crane was going up with her casket, I told him, you know, that I considered him my true father. He wanted me to go and talk to my dad, who was there. And I didn't really want to fucking talk to him. He really hadn't been a part of my life. And I said, no, I am talking to my dad. You're my dad. And he cried. And he gave me a hug. You know, and I'm really glad that I, I told him that. I was in college already. I was at yes, the University of Florida. I was, probably high, yeah. I was probably high as balls. Because I, I was very high, um, pretty much from setting foot on the University of Florida campus all the way till I got clean in what, uh, 2000, 2008, <laughs> I was high. But a funeral, I know I'd be stoned for a funeral, for sure. Shit, I was stoned for like a, a, a bathroom break. Um, but yeah, so, but I'm glad, I, I'm glad I had enough sense to tell him that truth. So, That's good. I love that man. I love What's that your man. problem now? Look My at problem. the cat. Oh, the no? cat? No, he just he doesn't want you to touch his ass. He wants, okay, he well, wants okay. to sit on you. And oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay, no. All right, listen. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Um, no, but I Pepe hope, was, hope you guys when it. you were growing up, when you when your father left, he, yeah. he was your he was father. I know, he was. <clears throat> when you locked oh, yourself yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> My mother couldn't get you out. That's she right. called Pepe. Right, that's right. And when we, you, they tried, she, she tried opening the door, but you had opened the drawer of the uh, of the vanity in the bathroom. How old so, was that? How old? Yeah, how old? Three, was three oh, so or was three, three and a half. Okay, okay. Yeah. So then she called Pepe. Right. Pepe came, and finally he talked you into shutting the drawer so that they could open the door. Jesus. When they opened the door, thank God the whole bathroom was tiled.
you have taken my makeup from the drawer nice. and drawn all the tiles, all the tiles with lipstick all over, all oh, over the oh, floor. I'm deeply relieved. I thought you were going to say I had smeared shit all over the walls. No, no, the no. The okay. lipstick all over the all walls right. and everything. Oh, my all mother right. had a fit. Rock. To the point that she said that if I ever had another child, she would go back to Cuba. <laughs> because she couldn't handle two kids. Two was enough. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Mama Lama. Thank you. We'll, we'll go out with a big smear of makeup and not food. And uh, we'll see everybody soon. Okay. That was a little bit. Thank you for listening to the I Hope Hit Podcast. Again, this was brought to you, this episode was brought to you by the Cuban Cowboy song, Dichoso. You're getting a little taste of it now, as you did at the beginning and the middle of the episode. Please follow us on Instagram, Cuban Cowboys, on Facebook, Cuban Cowboys, wherever you stream music. Um, and visit our website at cubancowboys.com for writing for news about the upcoming uh, memoir number two from me, Jorge, about my family and uh, collected stories of uh, other Cuban cowboys like my dad, my godfather, etc. Again, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Rita and myself and my cat, Colin, we love you, we bear for you, and we'll see you very soon.